The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. You know, as long as you're blessing the Lord in your house, the Lord is going to bless and prosper your house. Remember when the ark, the ark of the covenant, was in the house of Obed-Edom. David learned that, that God blessed the house of Obed-Edom. He prospered him. And he blessed everything in his household. And as long as you got the ark in your house, beloved, God will bless you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you for uh, sharing this worship service with us today. Thank you for being here. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. Amen. Glory to God. Here we are still on the journey. We're still on the path. We're still holding out, standing strong, trusting the Lord because we know that he is in control. You know, I've been praying and I've been really talking to God about this whole thing about this pandemic. And there seems to be no end in sight. And even if a vaccine is made available at the end of the year, the first part of the year, it's likely that we're still going to be practicing these protocols. For example, wearing face coverings probably for another year or so. But you know, God is able. And God will give us grace. And I believe God will give us grace to be the church. The church of God cannot be held hostage. The church of God must march on. So we got to get the mind of God and learn how to navigate as the church through this new normal. And that's what it's going to be. It's a new normal. But you know what? God will give us the wisdom and understanding. He will show us exactly what to do. But one thing we're not going to do, we're not going to be paralyzed by this invisible enemy. Amen? We're not going to be paralyzed by this invisible enemy. We must rise up and continue to be the church. We must be a voice crying in the wilderness. We must be a light in darkness. We must be that city that sets on a hill. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. But don't forget to keep the Lord in the center of what you're doing. You know, you do all the protocols. You know, the hand washing, the sanitizing, the face coverings. And beloved, please wear a face covering when you go out in public. You do all those things you know to do. But you continue to trust God. Amen. Continue to trust God. And I believe God will bring us through. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you from the book of Psalms. And I'll be reading to you from Psalms number one. The book of Psalms, the first Psalm, verse six. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Did you hear that, beloved? 
For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And the way of the ungodly shall perish. What does the Lord know about the way of the righteous? When the psalmist says that the Lord knows the way of the righteous, he is saying it is the Lord who approves the way of the righteous. It is the Lord that watches over the way of the righteous. It is the Lord that gives favor to the way of the righteous. This morning, I want to talk to you about the two ways of life. There's only two. And we want to talk about the two ways of life. In life, and I hope you're living your life. It's a terrible thing not to live your life. It's a terrible thing not to live your life with the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in your life. Because without Jesus Christ in your life, you're really not living, you're only existing. But if you want to live, you need the Lord in your life. Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. But in life, there are many roads that lead to many destinations. But there are only two roads and two destinations that lead to eternity. I need you to hear what I'm saying. There's only two roads, only two destinations that leads to eternity. There's one road that leads to heaven. And the psalmist called that road. He says it's called the way of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But there's another road, beloved. There's another way. And that road leads to hell. That's right, I said hell. It leads to hell. Hell was never created for, for God's creation, human beings. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. But if you make that choice that you're not going to pursue the righteous way of life, but instead you're going to pursue the ungodly way of life, then your destination will lead you to eternity loss, to hell and damnation. Now that way the psalmist called the way of the ungodly. So there's only two ways of life. It is the way of the righteous, and the second way is the way of the ungodly. The way of the righteous leads to heaven, and the way of the ungodly leads to hell. These are inescapable truths. I don't care how you pretty it up. I don't care how you varnish it, how you sugarcoat it. These are inescapable truths. There's only two ways of life. Either you walk on the path of righteousness or you walk on the path of the ungodly. And you can't get away from those truths. We're talking about the ways of life. You know the word way is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. Now in Genesis, God had already told Adam, he said to Adam of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil, you shall not eat of that tree, for on the day you do, you shall surely die. God told Adam there was only two ways of life. 
There was the way of the righteous and being obedient to him. Then there was the way of the ungodly that would cause them to be led to death. So God says, if you mess with the tree, Adam, in the middle of the garden, then it would lead to death. But if you obey me and you live godly, then you would continue in life. Well, we know that Adam and Eve, well, Eve was beguiled, beguiled by the serpent. And she and Adam both were deceived. She and Adam both failed God. She and Adam both disobeyed God. And after they disobeyed God, the Bible says, and the eyes were open. They saw they were naked. They experienced guilt for the first time. They experienced shame for the first time. And the guilt and the shame was so painful that they sought to hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine that? Living your life trying to hide from God. Now, even though that's impossible, but when you're walking that path of the ungodly, then the enemy will lie to you and he'll cause you to believe that you can even hide from God. Adam and Eve tried to hide from God, but it didn't work. For the voice of the Lord came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And he cried out for Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? Adam says, Lord, we hid ourselves among the trees of the garden because we were naked. And God says, who told you we're naked? You see, when you walk the path and the way of the ungodly, you walk in your own nakedness. But when you decide to walk the path of righteousness, then the Lord clothes you, clotheth you with his righteousness and with his love and his spirit. So because of Adam and Eve's disobedience, because they had a choice, they had a choice to make concerning the two ways of life, and they chose the way of death. God decided in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, well, actually verse 23, God began to reason. He says, therefore, the Lord God, he sent Adam out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He sent him out. In other words, he put him out. He expelled him. So God drove out the man. He drove out Adam and Eve from the garden. And he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way. That's the operative word, beloved. It's the first time the word way appears in the Bible. He placed cherubims and flaming swords that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Why did God need to guard the way to the tree of life? Because God reasoned within himself and said, man must be expelled from the garden lest he, he, he walks down that way that leads to the tree of life and he stretched forth his hand, take up the tree and eat and live forever. Live forever in a sinful condition. Live forever feeling guilt and shame. Live forever with remorse. Live forever in fear. Live forever trying to escape the presence of the Lord. Beloved, that's no way to live. That's no way to live. You can make a choice. And the choice is yours. The psalm that says there was only two ways of life. And the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Glory to God. 
So Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden because they were rebellious, because they were irresponsible. Even when God gave them an opportunity to own up to their disobedience, to own up to their sin, they both tried to explain it away. They both made excuses. So because of their irresponsibleness, because of the rebellion, God can no longer, could no longer allow Adam and Eve to travel the way of life that led to the tree of life. And as a result, they begin to die. When you're not walking the way of the righteous, there's a degree of death operating in you because you're walking the way of the ungodly. When you walk the way of the ungodly, you are slowly but surely dying, not only physically, but you are dying spiritually. God says, I've set before you this day, Deuteronomy. He says, I call you to record this day that I set before you life and death. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Choose the way of life and live. When you're traveling down the way of life, then you're living. You're living with the life of God. And God takes his life in you and he multiplies his life in you from one degree to another degree. But when you're walking the way of the ungodly, you are slowly but surely dying. God never intended for Adam and Eve to die. When God created Adam and Eve, God intended for them to live forever. But because they chose the way of the ungodly, then they begin to little by little die. And 930 years later, Adam died. People are still dying, all because of Adam's sin, all because of the choice he made. And I'm telling, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The truth be told, there's only two ways of even looking at life. You can have a God-centered point of view, and that God-centered point of view will always lead to life, or you can have a man-centered point of view. When you have a God-centered point of view about life, then you allow God and his word to inform the things you believe to inform the things you do, to inform the very values you embrace. When you have a God views, a God-centered, rather, view of life. I don't know about you, beloved, but I want God and his word to inform everything that I believe in life. I want God to inform me about even my politics. I don't want my politics to be based on the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. I want my politics to be based on what God said. I want my politics to be based on God's word. This is having a God-centered view of life. And if it's not based on the word of God, then we have to ask ourselves, are we still traveling down the way of the righteous or have we somehow slipped upon the way of the ungodly? You see, man's view of life always leads to death because it's based on selfishness. It's based on self-love. It's based on man idolizing himself as God. 
But my Bible says you have no other God before you. It's time to understand there's only two ways. And we need to ask ourselves, which path are we traveling? Are we traveling the path of righteousness? For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Or are we traveling the path of the ungodly? And the path of the ungodly, the psalmist says, and the ungodly shall perish. Glory to God. So there's only two ways of looking at life. And the truth is, there's only two ways of life. Plain and simple. This is not a difficult message to understand. Only two ways of life. It's the way of the righteous and it's the way of the ungodly. It's the way of the righteous and the way of the ungodly. So which way are you traveling? Are you lost? Do you know where you're going? Or are you in disobedience or rebellion like Adam and Eve? There's only two ways to go. And you got to decide right now which way you want to go. You've heard the saying, a very popular saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good intentions. False religions. People embrace false religions. People embrace misguided philosophies. People embrace all kind of bad, ungodly ideas because they sound right, they feel right. Sometimes they appear to be right. But if we're not basing our decisions and our commitments on God and his word, we can easily find ourselves walking down the path of the ungodly. You see, Proverbs says, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. And then it strongly emphasized again this same verse in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. There the writer of the Proverbs says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Now God repeated that verse. Anytime a verse is repeated in the word of God, it's because there's a strong emphasis that God wants us to, to, to be made to us to understand this is a truth that we need to embrace and not allow it to escape us. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but because it seems right doesn't mean it is right. It seems right, but it leads to death. There's a way that seemeth right unto the, a man, but the ends thereof, the ends thereof, they lead to death. I want to live. You want to live. And I don't know about you, but it's not enough for me because something seems right. You know, everything that glitter isn't gold. Everything that shines bright isn't true. So be careful about those, those things that seem right. Well, seems to me, you might say. But what did God say? What does the word say? Don't get caught up with those things that seem right unto you. Because the ends thereof could be the ways of death. There's so many false religions right now. And what is religion? Religion is man's search for God. And why you keep searching for God? when God's already searched out for you. Why you want to get on a path searching for God when you can be on his path 
And it's, that's called the path of righteousness. False religions. And if it's religion, it's probably false in the first place. Because this isn't about religion. This is about God. This is about having a relationship with God. And when you have that relationship with God, the psalm that says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He didn't say the Lord knows your religion, but he knows the way of the righteous. And then we have all kind of misguided philosophy, man-made philosophies. And we begin to build our lives around those things. We begin to stand on those things, not realizing they're nothing more than sinking sand not realizing that that road we're traveling is filled with potholes. It's filled with, with all kind of pitfalls. Humanistic philosophies. Evolutionists. People want to tell you that the earth is 4.6 billion years old. When God tells us in his word that this earth we live on it's just a little over 6,000 years old. Huh? And why did they tell us that? They'll even tell us there it wasn't anything true about creation. But this thing's about evolution, they'll tell us. Some amphibian washed ashore from the sea and somehow evolved to become a monkey. And from a monkey became a chimpanzee. From a chimpanzee became a gorilla. And from a gorilla, he became man. I don't know about you, but I am not derivative. I do not derive from a monkey. I derive from God the same way God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostril and Adam became a living soul. That same God breathed the breath of life in my mother's womb. And I came forth out of her womb, made in the image and after the likeness of God. Glory to God. But we have a choice. We have a choice. Which road are you going to travel? There are only two ways of life. You know, Jesus, when he taught the Sermon on the Mount, that was a long sermon, by the way. He got to a portion of that sermon as recorded in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, where he talked about two gates. The same way, there's two ways of life. There are two gates that every one of us have to pass through in order to get on the way of life or the way of the ungodly. He said there are two gates. That's what he said. He said one way leads to life and the other way leads to death. But he encouraged his listeners during that sermon. Jesus says, enter by the straight gate. In other words, that narrow gate. Enter by the straight gate. For wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are that go therein. Then he went on to say, but because straight is the gate. In other words, narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who enter therein. What was the Lord saying? He was pretty much saying this. Can you imagine yourself traveling down a path? You travel down this path in life, and then you come to a point on that path where there's two gates. One gate is very narrow. 
The other gate is very broad. And you look over that gate that's very broad and you see a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people traveling that way. But that little narrow gate, that straight gate, you look over that straight gate and you see few people. What was the Lord saying? What was the Lord saying? He was saying that broad way, in other words, that broad gate is a broad way. And on that broad way, there are many people, many people, many traveling, don't know where they're going. Many traveling, not realizing where they're going to end up at. But the straight gate, he said the straight gate is a difficult gate. And this is why a lot of people don't choose the straight gate. They don't choose the narrow way. The narrow way is the way, the way of the righteous. Why don't we choose the narrow way? Because that way can be steep sometimes. It can be hilly sometimes. Sometimes there'll be rocks in the path. And those rocks are called tests, trials, temptations, tribulations, and maybe a little suffering. But God uses all of that to make us who we are, to make us more like him. And it leads to life. It leads to life. You know, a lot of folks like to go along with the crowd. But I, I, I listen here. I highly recommend to you, stop following the crowd and you follow the cloud. Follow the cloud of God. Follow the glory of God, the spirit of God. Follow that. Because everybody is not right. But God is all right. So he says, enter in at the straight gate. So what is the way of the righteous that leads to life? What is the way? What is the way? Can you imagine being lost? You know, Adam and Eve could have asked that question to themselves before the serpent beguiled Eve and both of them disobeyed God. They could have asked themselves that question, what is the way? Jesus said, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. The prophet Isaiah also said these words. He says, when you're on the way, he says, your ears will hear behind you the word saying to you, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. When you would turn to the right, when you would turn to the left, there's too much turning to the right, too much turning to the left, but we need to set our faces as flint and stay on the path called the way of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So Jesus says, I am the way. A lot of folks have a problem with that. He didn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus doesn't show you the way. Listen to me very carefully. Jesus doesn't show you the way. Jesus is the way. Did you hear that? He doesn't show me the way. He is the way. And as long as I'm in him and he's in me, then I'm on the path of righteousness. So he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Salvation is in a person. Make no mistake about it. It isn't in a church doctrine. It isn't in a church creed. It isn't in the four walls of a building. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.